You're listening to local programming produced in KUNV Studios. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Sports Prep Live. Sports Prep Live. Where we unbox the mic and talk excellence in athletics. Welcome back to Sports Prep Live. I'm your host, Graydon Prescott. Uh, last weekend, uh, the state championships took place for Nevada high school basketball, and Bishop Gorman's, both men's and women's teams, took home the state championship. Women's for the first time in eight years. Centennials had won the last eight, and men's back on the mountaintop for the first time since 2021, I believe. Um, so we got a prep talk episode here. KB is with me today. It's going to be a great show. We're going to cover uh, the state championship, what we think was the difference between this year and last year, and also our predictions for um, Gorman and Nevada High School basketball going forward. So, KB, you ready to go? I'm ready to roll. All right. So we'll start on the girls' side. Yes. Um, Gorman's girls came into the state tournament as the second seed. Um, Only one conference team had beaten them so far uh, through the season, and that was Centennial. Um, and, uh, they played democracy prep in the first round. Right. Or no, they played, um, desert pines in the first round Okay. and then they beat desert pines pretty, pretty easily played democracy Big prep democracy in the second prep. round. Correct. Yep. Uh, that was a tougher game, but they still ended up winning by 22, 66, 44. And then in the championship, um, obviously they played Centennial. Their nemesis. Yep. Um, only team that had beaten them, and they came out on top after a tough game. They were down almost the whole way. Yeah, but a little bit of a rivalry there, too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the girls came through, um, got got the job done. Uh, we were there. Um, yes. What were your What were your takeaways? Wow. You know, I really thought that Democracy, because they have uh, a really strong team, I thought Democracy would give them more of a challenge in that second round game. I did end up thinking um, that Bishop was going to pull it out. Um, So there wasn't as much drama in that game as I was hoping there would be. Like you said, um, it was a bit of a blowout. Uh, First half, you know, it was a decent half, but um, Bishop was able to wrest control of the game um, behind the efforts of of Lizzie Spates, who was just a hooper. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. Um, and you know, the rest of her squad that was, that was just ready to roll. Um, so I, again, not a lot of drama there. I hope for a little bit more out of that game. Um, the ensuing game or the ensuing round, uh, when they played Centennial, that was a nail biter. I didn't Mm -hmm. know which way that one was going to go. Centennial also has some ballers. Um, this Brooks girl, uh, is just absolutely tough. She probably dropped 25, 30 points. Yeah. Uh, just an unbelievable game. And, un, you know, outdone only by, you know, uh, Lizzie Spates from Bishop Gorman, who is just an incredible athlete, uh, just a hooper, bar none. It's, it's been fun to watch her play uh, all year. Had the opportunity to catch a couple of games. But that one with Centennial, I know there's a rivalry there, um, even – even between the the two head coaches um, who are both elite level high school coaches. um, You just didn't know. I think from what I saw, Bishop didn't really rest control of that game until maybe the last 
six to eight minutes. And then you felt like they they had their their biggest opportunity to win it. But even then, it wasn't guaranteed. Um, I don't think it was sure really until maybe the last three minutes. No, because if you remember that game, um, Gorman was down four going into the fourth quarter. Correct, correct. So then it was a neck-and-neck neck fourth quarter. Back and forth. Um, Centennial got the lead to eight, kind of thought it was over, and then Gorman went on a run, and um, Addie Carr, Addison Carr, hit back-to-back threes. Yes, big shots. Um, mm-hmm. One was to, they were down six, one cut it to three, and then she tied the game. And then Lizzie hit a pull-up mid-range jumper um, on the right side of the basket mm-hmm. to take the lead 55-53. to 53. And then they hit free throws um, at the end of the game. So the final score was 57-53. But Lizzie hit that go-ahead jump shot with like a minute and six seconds so on the it clock. Wasn't even, it, so it wasn't it, until maybe the last minute where... It wasn't even assured until probably the last 25 seconds. Under the last minute, yeah. yeah, yeah. And even then, it was only a four-point game. Correct, so correct. it's still, you know, a lot can happen in 25 seconds, especially since Centennial still had timeouts. So... It was a fantastic game to watch. Lizzie Spate, and she's only a sophomore. Lizzie is class of 2026. Yes, so yes. She still got a lot of room to grow, and, I you mean, know, she's phenomenal. She having has. seen someone like, you know, and we talked a little bit about it last week, Caitlin Clark, um, to see another athlete who, um, you know, she doesn't shoot as many threes, but her command of the court, her vision, her handles, her shooting, she's an incredible shooter. I didn't think she shot nearly enough in that game, and she probably had 30-plus. Um, I think she had 25 okay. and 9 okay. rebounds. Okay. Um, and I didn't think she shot enough. And that just goes to show you not only how unselfish she is, but her pacing. Because even though she has you know, 25, 30 points, you don't feel like she had a lot. You don't. You feel like, oh, she could have done more. I don't feel like she shot the ball too much. Yeah. Um, so she had her fingerprints all over that game, um, and there is no way they would have won it without her. Mm-hmm. Um, so shout out to her, um, big-time athlete, uh, really looking forward to her next couple of years. It's going to be a lot of fun. I know she has a, a ton of college offers Oh yeah. there. So yep. everyone is seeing what we're seeing um, from Lizzie Spades. And uh, like you said, Addie hit some really big threes. She played tremendous defense. Um, I forget number five. Her Sydney Chestnut. Sydney uh, was really hooping. You know, lockdown defense, hit one or two really critical threes. I mean, every shot during that game for either team was an important shot. Yeah. Um, either you didn't want to go down too much, or you were fighting to you know maintain the lead or to stay even. Um, so it was a really well fought battle. Um, and one of the, the the highlights of this basketball season, just in terms of you know being a basketball fan. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Lizzie in her semifinal game. I don't know if you know this. She had a triple double. I did not. Democracy prep, and then I told you the twenty five and nine rebounds yes. against uh, Centennial. The argument was brought up by a basketball social media mm-hmm. in Vegas called Ball Dogs. It's pretty prevalent. Um, they, you know, sponsor a lot of different tournaments, a lot of AAU tournaments. Right, they were right. sponsors for the Tarkanian Classic. And they said um, Aaliyah Spate, Lizzie, is the best basketball player in Nevada regardless of gender, of gender. or class. They said she's the flat-out best player. Do you agree with that? It is difficult to disagree. Mm-hmm. Um 
because of the, you know, all of this is relative, right? So um, there is, from what I've seen, there is greater separation between Lizzie and whoever the number two is than there is between on the boy side, whoever the number one player is and the number two is. There's so much parity on the male side of the ball. Um, there's great guards, uh, there's great twos, there's great threes, fours and fives. Um, Nevada and Vegas in particular is kind of guard heavy, um, especially on the male side. Um, so the, the basketball that I've seen, and we'll talk a little bit more about that, it was really the guards that kind of shined through, you know, for those teams uh, that we're going to be discussing up to, in the, up to and including um, the team that won the championship, who was also Bishop Gorman on the boys' side, uh, in addition to the, the Bishop Gorman girls winning the varsity championship, uh, state championship. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I cannot disagree with with that that claim or that notion that she is, regardless of gender, um, the best basketball player uh, in Nevada. She's tough. Yeah, she is absolutely she's, tough. She's tough, and I think. The biggest point in that argument is, of course, relative to the competition. I right, mean, right. She, There's nobody on the girls' side who is even coming close to what she's doing, at least in the state of Nevada. Um, on the boys' side, you got a bunch of guys who are tough. And I'm not saying that any of the boys' guys don't stand out because there are a bunch oh, of— Oh, sure, it's, it's, sure. It's more that there are a bunch of standout guys on the boys' side where, you know, you could say, oh— this person is the best player or this person. And you can make an argument for five, six, seven different people. But on the girls' side, it's it's Lizzie and everybody else. There's one, right? Yeah. (laughs) She's the one. And there are a lot of good players, but it's it's a different level with Lizzie. Yeah. And And, and I think for anyone who has seen her play. mm -hmm. um, It's obvious. That hits you. Yeah. It hits you pretty quickly. Yeah. It's it's obvious. She is. She's special. Mm -hmm. She is special. On the boys' side, um, Bishop Gorman also came away with the championship. They played Foothill in the first round, took care of business pretty easy. Then their last two games um, were nail biters. Knockdown drag out. Through yes. and through. Yes. Nail biters. Uh, we'll start with the semifinal. They played the number two seed, Liberty. Liberty. Um, mind you, Gorman was the three seed. They played the number two seeded Liberty. Um, who had beaten them earlier in the season right, right. in a really, really great game. Uh, they came back to Thomas and Mack Center. Um, Gorman kind of had the lead most of the way, mm-hmm. but it never got to be more than like a six-point You were game. never confident. Yeah, right, yeah. Right. And at any given time, Liberty tied the game or took the lead themselves. It was a back-and-forth, back-and-forth game. Um, Tyus, Tyus Thomas, he's the uh, younger brother of... DJ Thomas, who's a point guard here at UNLV. Right, right. Um, Tyus was sensational. Um, he had a great game. Um, and on Gorman's side, Ryder Ellis Aldez, um, number 24. Yes, sir. Mr. He, Basketball. Yeah, he was he was hooping. He was. He, and he was. it was efficient the way he was hooping. I th- I've, I've been a big fan of his for quite some time, um, you know, what Bishop was able to do, and we'll talk a little bit more about this uh, in a few minutes here, but, um, you know, he was on that hyper-talented team from last year. And I don't think he was a starter on that team, but he was uh, he, he, he played yeah. a lot of minutes. Yeah. Um, and he was in the game at critical times. Um, that team that included 
um, Jace and Jackson Richardson, that included John Mobley, that included included Chris Nooley, um, a couple of others who either transferred out um, um, Quentin of the Rimes. program. Quentin, yes. So that was a really talented team that they had last year, and he still found minutes. So that is really a testament to, um, you know, his value as a basketball player um, and the product that he brings to the floor. He's, he's he's got a high basketball IQ. He's a pit bull. He plays excellent defense. Um, he's one of my favorite basketball players uh, on the boys' side in the entire state. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, hats off to him. Um, if I were to assign, and I don't know if they do this, if I were to assign a tournament MVP, he would win it hands down. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, you know, he had a fantastic game against Liberty, played well in the championship game yes, against Coronado. Who was a team that was supposed to win the championship coming? Now, there were four teams that you could say, okay, any of these four teams could win. Chance. Right. Yeah. Um, Arborview, Coronado played each other in the se- semifinals. Arborview ended up being the four seed, but the thing about that was all four teams were nine and two right. in conference play. So um, it was almost luck of the draw as to who got the top seed. Right, right. So Arborview ended up being four, but their game with Coronado went to overtime. And then Liberty and Gorman had their battle, and uh, it was a two point game with one minute left, and Gorman ended up winning by five with free throws. Mm-hmm. And then um, championship game, Gorman plays Coronado. Coronado, if you don't know, has a man, young man by the name of T. Bartley, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. Um, he might be seven one. He's tall. Two eighty five. He's a big guy. Yes, yes. I don't think soft touch around the basket. Oh too. yeah, he's fantastic. He averaged he averaged twenty three points and fifteen rebounds uh-huh. this season. And then they also have um, Josiah Cunningham, tough. Yes. Um, Johnny Collins, tough. Yep. Lance Stevenson, tough. Yep. This team was stacked. They played national competition all year and helped and held their held best. their own. Yeah, yeah. they yeah. did well nationally. They played against the Boozer Twins and all them. Um, they didn't win, but it wasn't a blowout right, either. Right. Um, so this was a t- this was a very good basketball team. And Gorman, it didn't look like they matched up too well. Correct. With Coronado, Correct. they didn't they didn't have anyone. And Noel Westbrook is a f- a fine basketball player, but he's not. He's just not that big. He might be six seven. He's just not as big right, as T. Right, right, right. Um, they didn't have. Now Gorman has great feisty pit bull defenders. Yes, they do. But they didn't have an offensive standout like Josiah maybe or or Johnny right. who can get you thirty on any given day. Correct. How do you think Gorman was able to take what they had and defeat a team that on paper should have beat them by twenty? And I do agree with that assessment that on paper. It seemed like this was Coronado's to lose. Yeah, um, and we talked a little bit about this offline, even coming into the show. We, t- you know, I saw you at the game, um, and I think everyone kind of had that same response um, outside of those who were fans of Bishop Gorman. Mm-hmm. But just your average spectator, I think, would have thought, um, "Hey, yes, Bishop is good. They belong here in this gym in this t- state tournament." However, yeah, Coronado, um, Coronado just right seemed now. like they were a couple of steps above. Mm-hmm. And that's not a knock on uh, the Bishop Gorman program, oh, outstanding yeah. program, well coached. Um, but it's just the elite level talent that uh, Coronado has on the floor. Um, it is both surprising to me, um, and, and I mean pleasantly so, um, 
and really interesting that Bishop Gorman was able to wrestle this championship away from a team like Coronado mm-hmm. because, as I as I alluded to moments ago, um, Bishop had a more, an arguably more talented team last year. Yeah, um, you know, with the some of the people that we we mentioned, you know, the Jackson brothers or the uh, the, the Richardson brothers, Jackson and Jason, mm-hmm. um, uh, Junie and and Chris Newley and Quentin and. Um, plus all the people that are there now save the freshmen, yeah. right? Um, so that was a really talented team. And I think this team came out with a better record this year. They did. Um, and obviously um, achieved a goal that the team last year could not, which was winning the state championship. Mm-hmm. And here is my take on that. I think there were a lot of personalities on last year's team that uh, may have been interested in some of their individual goals, concerned about where they rank on the ESPN 100, concerned about whether or not they were the top one or two players in the state at their position, um, uh, concerned about you know, um, you know, other, other rankings uh, that are out there, max preps and all of that. Mm. Um, and I think with this year's team, like you said, there wasn't any standout um, um, player who – you know, ESPN had ranked top 25 or anything like that. Yeah. And it didn't seem to be anyone that was concerned about that. And so I think the coaches got a lot more buy-in. And when you get that kind of buy-in, you get chemistry. Right. And if Bishop Gorman had nothing, the thing that did seem prevalent, that, that was glaringly obvious on that floor during that game between those two teams, is that Bishop Gorman had chemistry. Mm-hmm. Um, the scoring came from everywhere. And it seemed as if no one cared where the scoring came from. Yeah. Um, Nick Jefferson, you know, this guy is is five foot nothing. He's <laughs> 5'11", you know, six feet on a good day. Um, but he's a pit bull and he is a leader. Yeah, absolutely. I, I saw him talk to everyone on that floor in different moments. You know, if they needed to be picked up, if they needed a little encouragement – um, if they need, if they were out of position, um, he's just a really good, good floor general. And I've always thought that about him, but man, did it really shine through on, um, during the championship game. Um, and then the, the, the freshmen, you know, not only the, the minutes that, um, you know, guy that you've played with, um, Ty Johnson, mm-hmm. but then Elon and, and Cam Cooper, whose whose dad is an assistant coach on the men's basketball team here at, at UNLV, uh, those guys gave great minutes and, um, it did, you know, Cam was outmatched in terms of size going yeah. up against T, but he played ferocious defense. Um, he's a good shooter, he, good shot selection, great mm-hmm. putbacks. Um, and again, it just came from everywhere. You know, Jet Washington, Noah, as you mentioned, yeah. um, Blake um, Sullivan gave them good minutes. You know, he's not a prolific scorer, but he's a pit bull on defense. Yeah. And Caleb. And Caleb Williams, you know, excellent on defense. He's like a Dennis Rodman out there. Yeah, get you get you six points. Off yeah, the yeah. You, you know, you get six to eight points from him, and that's probably going to be a W. You, you know, that's probably yeah. a game in the W yeah. column. So I just felt like the chemistry was so much better on Bishop Gorman, and with Coronado, conversely, it seems as if you knew where the points were going to come from. That it wasn't as spread out. Um, it wasn't as equitable. Um, that it. I'm not going to say it was the, the the Josiah and Johnny show, but I would imagine that 60% of those their points came from those two guys. Um, and T, who had almost fouled out, you know, everybody they guarded him on, the Bishop Gorman team, I felt just didn't have the ball in his hands enough. And he's got a soft touch. Yeah. He's such a big guy. Yeah, he does. 
on the Coronado side, that team is has been considered pretty top heavy this year. They got they got four guys who are real tough. They got Lance, who can give you um, twenty on any given right, day. Right. Josiah and Johnny, we've talked about, and then T, um, who was averaging twenty two and fifteen. Mm-hmm. So in that game, you expected those four guys to be spread out pretty evenly yeah. in scoring. Yes. I did not think that T would get as... It's not that he didn't get touches, but he didn't get as many touches as I would have expected. Right, Because right. Jet, Jet had four fouls. Noah was in foul trouble. Um, Cam was in foul trouble. Mm-hmm. Elon had three. Gorman had a lot of guys in foul trouble. I think Nick had four. Gorman had a lot of guys that were in danger of fouling out. Mm-hmm. All because T probably shot... 15, 16 free throws. Right, right. But, I mean, he probably could have shot 30 and still felt like, you know, you got to feed him more because he, and, he and was I, so much bigger than everybody and else. And I think their coach, I remember one of the coaches yelling at uh, Lance. Lance, who took a three, uh, probably under three minutes left, and he screamed at him about shooting threes. And I think the point was that we are going to get our highest percentage production in the paint. Mm-hmm. And when you see T, it's obvious. It, it It's not just a big guy. He's not just a big kid. He is big with good hands, a soft touch, a great feel for the game. He should have probably been the, the center of that offense, no pun intended. Mm-hmm. And then the points that you get from your one and your two, or hybrid twos, or however we consider Johnny and Josiah as guards, that's just icing on the cake. But I felt the thing that um, Bishop did so well is they were able to collar where the the offense in Coronado was coming from. They yeah. knew where it was coming from. It was visible. You could see around the corner. And the inverse was true with Bishop. You didn't know where the offense was coming from. Jet was giving you some. Noah was giving you some. Uh, Ryder gave you a lot. Nick was giving you some. Elon gave you some. Cam gave you some. You know, you just didn't know where the offense was coming from. Yeah. And everyone was pleased and and cheering on everyone else. High fives and things of that nature. Great plays. Um, You just didn't see that on the Coronado side. So that chemistry that, again, this team that I think has lesser talent than they had last year, Chemistry matters in sports, and particularly in a sport like basketball. Yeah. And it it showed. A moment, it was glaring. A moment that really stood out to me, and I'm sure you noticed um, as the basketball um, basketball person you are. I think it was it was probably a two on one fast break, and Cam Cooper had the ball, and he went on a fast break, and Jet was coming down with him, but I guess Jet flared out mm-hmm. instead of cutting to the basket. Mm-hmm. Cam got fouled. And Cam said something to Jet. Yeah, he was kind of excited I'll, I'll, in, in, yeah. a, in a not good way. Right? He was frustrated. Yeah, he yeah, was yeah, frustrated. Yeah. Um, something along the lines of cut to the basket. Right. right? Um, and Nick comes up to Cam, Nick Jefferson. Yes, he, he did. walks up to Cam. He, he, he tells him, like, all right, you know, calm down. We got a bigger goal here. Like, just relax, sink these free throws. Right, right. And then he, and then. He pulls Jet to the side walks after that. To half, walks out to half court to talk yep. to Jet. Yes. Walks to half court to talk to Jet. And he tells Jet what he saw. Um, just, you know, you know, let it go. You know, we're good. Right, right. And for me, that was, 
it might not have been the biggest moment of the game, but it stood out. It was seminal. Yeah. I know. Yeah. It was critical because then that's when you real like this team is really playing for each other. They're together. Yes. Like they don't care who's doing what. They want to win. Everybody wants to win. Right. Jet right. wants to win. Cam wants to win. And that's where that passion, I think, came from. Yeah. From Cam. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. from a point of, oh, man, you did this wrong. It's like we want to make the right play to right. win the game. Right. And Nick was able to explain that to Cam, like, hey, we don't need to get on our teammates in order to, you know, right, show that we right, want to win this right. game. And then he also explained to Jet, hey, Jet, you know, this is what you need to do in this situation. For me, that moment of leadership was as big as that any other. A, that I noticed that too. Yeah. That was a big moment. You know, shout out to Nick Jefferson, uh, just a hooper, but uh, really proved this year that he is a leader. I think he's a junior. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're going to have that leadership another year. Um, and you, you know, they're going to lose Ryder, who is also a good floor leader, floor general, but Nick really stepped up talking to everybody. There is not a person on that floor that he didn't have some communication with about what he was seeing, what he wanted to see, you know, what they were seeing. Um, he really did display a lot of, of, of leadership on the floor. And I think that had a heck of a lot to do with the fact that they came out on top on this game. Yeah. Um, and it's the right kind of leadership, you know, not being condescending, not barking at guys um, in an unproductive way, mm-hmm. but just, again, letting him know what, let, letting them know what he's seeing, let them know here's where you are, here's where you need to be. Um, that sort of feedback is really critical and players receive that well. Mm-hmm. Right? They, they know where you're coming from as opposed to just kind of, you know, barking at them yeah. and, 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 you know, there's, there's really no goal behind it other than to, than to venture frustration. Yeah. As for next year, on the girls' side, uh, do you think Gorman can go back? To, I th- the way I see it, as long as Gorman has Lizzie, they have a chance. Correct. Um, Centennial is going to be there. Uh, Democracy Prep is going to be there. But, you know, Gorman and a lot of their players are young. I mean, Sid- Sydney's a senior. Maya Ruiz is a senior. So they're going to lose those two. Um, but... Addie Carr is a freshman. Yeah, they've got some freshmen on that squad yeah, that played meaningful minutes. Yeah, yeah Addie's a freshman. Anna, freshman. Yeah. Um, Lizzie, sophomore. Uh, they got a lot of young pieces. I think uh, Nia Webster is a sophomore, maybe a junior. Mm-hmm. So they got a lot of pieces that are returning. I don't see that team um, losing too much. And if they do, and what they do lose, I think they can develop their younger girls to. Um, grow into the pieces like a Sydney Chestnut they got was the last. formula yeah now, they right? got the, they, they yeah. have the formula mm-hmm. and then coach K coming back right, right um obviously a big thing I mean she was gone for a couple of years she comes back they went state I mean it was something that I did not expect but I mean it was a sight to behold and then on the boys side that one's going to be a little bit more tricky right um to go back obviously you got they're Nick. losing some talent yeah they got Nick coming back um who was their leader they still have talent, uh, yeah. but they're losing a lot of, of, of talent who played meaningful Ryder. minutes throughout the year. Ryder is going to be gone. Yes. Noah is going to be gone. Yes. Um, Caleb Williams is going to be a gone. He's gone. Blake Sullivan. Blake, a pit gone. bull on defense. He's gone. Those four. Yeah. Huge. And in every game. Yeah. In, in meaningful minutes in every game. And not just on the offensive side of the ball, mostly defense, actually yeah, on the defensive side. Probably more defense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Ryder is going to give you what he gives you on offense. He's going to get you 16, 15 points but per game. he's a tough defender as well. I know. Right. Then Blake is going to get you a couple of steals every right, game. Right, right. He's not, he's not 
a huge offensive threat, but he doesn't. But he's, he, he's, he's not turning he's the ball like the over. Caucasian version of off night, right? right. Like, he's just he, he yeah. can lock down, and he's not gonna, offensive he's, And he's going to make the right play. Yeah, yeah. And then Caleb, man, Caleb yeah. is. I mean, I've never seen Dennis anything. Rodman. In the I've making. never seen anything he, like he's him. He's fun to watch. Yeah, he, he is, is fun to watch. Spectacular. And then Noah, they're big man. Yeah, they're losing a lot of talent. I think that next year is going to be much more difficult than it was this year for them. Yeah, yeah. Especially since the teams that they faced are barely losing anyone. Right. Tyus coming back junior year. I mean, Liberty's big. Um, Tyler coming back junior year. Johnny, junior year. Only person notable from another school that I can think of going is Josiah and then Farrell from Arborview. Mm -hmm. That's about it because T's coming back, Johnny's coming back, Lance is coming back. Uh, So, you know, that's going to be tough. You know, I know we're winding up here, but it's going to be interesting. They do have some people that um, are going to be able to come into their own a little bit more next year. I know Elon started this year, but I think he's going to be uh, much improved, you know, not that he was, he was bad this year, but I just mean, you know, more confident, more minutes, uh, bigger part of the offense, uh, cam, you know, I expect him to be a starter next year. Um, again, playing meaningful minutes throughout the year. Excellent on defense, got off to a little rocky start because I think they played him in a position that, you know, he, that wasn't ideal for him, but he's really grown in that four and five spot. Um, so it's going to be really fun to watch what they can do with the, the unit that, that, that they will have you know, after they lose the pieces that they're losing because of graduation. Yeah, and we're both looking forward to see that next year. All right, everybody, thank you for tuning into this episode of Sports Prep Live. Great and Prescott, KB, and as always, everybody, have a great day, and we will see you next time. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Sports Prep Live. I'm Graydon Prescott, and don't forget to catch all of our episodes on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow us on Instagram or Twitter at Sports Prep Live. Thank you. The content of this program does not reflect the views or opinions of 91.5 Jazz and More, the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, or the Board of Regents of the Nevada System of Higher Education.